podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us. It really helps other people discover us, and we always welcome feedback or communication via our social media, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminist Without Mystique on Instagram. And you can support us, if you want, on Kofi, that's K-O-F-I, and you can search for Feminists Without Mystique. Boom. <clears throat> Boom. Hello. Hello. It's the eve of December. It is. And we... <laughs> yes. Yes, McQueen. I was just going to say, like... Oh, it is, and then I and then I was just like, oh "Gosh, what a year! What a what an autumn we've had!" Uh, what an autumn indeed. <sighs> we'll dive into that. In a yeah. <laughs> our year in review. Uh. Yeah, yeah, that could be maybe our like pre-holiday one. That's just kind mm-hmm. of like survey, because um, of course my uh, hard worker guilt or sort of like of this being our independent project that we've been doing for so long. I hate that it's been, you know, there've been stretches where there hasn't been an episode released like we for, but for four years, which like what Mm -hmm. the fuck for four years, we released an episode every week, every fucking week. So that's fine. This is like, this is okay. Like the rail workers, you know, (laughs) we need a break. Um, right. Exactly like that. Um, so anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it all. It's been a very, um, atypical autumn in a lot of ways, but it's December. We're rolling into the season that I love. (laughs) She loves Um, the winter. I do. I do love a cozy winter. Mm -hmm. Um, They say winter is coming. She says, so am I. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, I can't wait for House of the Dragon to be back. That's going to be in a whole. You do. It's on my girl. Get what are you doing? (laughs) Raising a child, (laughs) having a really demanding job. (laughs) I have a nurse with a one-year-old, Maria. (laughs) How dare you? You know. (laughs) No, I do watch it. Not only you're a nurse with a one-year-old, and I believe your husband doesn't really like the accents when they're very put on. No, he doesn't like the put on. I yeah. And this has put on accents. This has accents that are which is. I I I will never understand. Really, (laughs) his because he's not that. You know how there's like that guy who's always like, oh, it's not. He's not typically that. Mm-hmm. Um, but about these accents, he sure is. And uh, I can watch television without my husband. In fact, I frequently do. I'm yeah. a, a modern <laughs> woman at that. But it is when we both when we have a show together, mm-hmm. it becomes a mutual priority. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. When there's just things that you're doing on your own, it's a little bit harder to fit in, or like mm-hmm. it's more intentionally like this is time I'm spending on this. Or yeah, whatever. it's like in like if I want to watch a show on my own at this point where I'm at, I have to choose to forego however many minutes or hours of sleep. Like that. Yeah, kinda, that's my slot right now. You know, yeah. and I know how I am with certain TV shows <clears throat> and how I was with Game of Thrones, and I have a feeling if I watch <laughs> this show alone. I may not sleep anymore. Yeah. <laughs> until I'm done, because I'll just want to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, it is it is on the list. Maybe this these next couple days in the evenings, while I have yeah. a, a few days off, I can tune in because I do want to. Yeah, cozy show. You also we we the day arrived today for our Spotify wrapped or Spotify mm. unwrapped. Yeah, uh, you had the most to a T, <laughs> biz, but like never. Yeah, you had a great a great descriptor at the end of yours. I mine was pretty crazy. Uh, they said that was I, it. <laughs> <laughs> was it crazy? No, it was probably really accurate in a way mm. that was unsettling. Um. It said that I seized the day with Royal Corps Fancy Victorian. Like, yes. Royal Corps 
fancy Victorian. It It's right. No lies detected. I mean. I know. I do like listening to the soundtrack of The Crown, Vitamin you, String Quartet. I know. When you posted your top five, it was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I am who I am. I love that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would have thought that Beyonce was going to be a little bit higher, but um, no, I guess because when I work or when I'm walking mm. at a fast pace or when I'm in like a mood, <laughs> yeah. it's got to be the crown. Yeah. Um, Which is wonderful. I guess. I mean, anyway. Yeah. I think also, though, uh, Taylor Swift's like album wasn't released for long enough for it to because she's really up there when I look at like the rest of the list and other things but since we've only had like what a month with her new album yeah she was my number one artist (laughs) I was surprised every click I took today I've never looked at the Spotify year in review which I know sounds like absurd I think to anyone with Spotify but like without getting too much into it like I don't pay for Spotify premium and I use Pandora sometimes like I have like a weird antiquated um music streaming experience in my life um but I do listen to Spotify a lot but I still don't have premium so it's like you know so I didn't know how accurate it would be but it was you know it did seem reflective my year and Taylor Swift was number one um, followed by Shania Twain, which I feel like a lot of Ooh. people might be surprised by. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. Was, yeah. That's like, I love that. I love that. Were there any like surprises on your list? Yeah, well, my number one song, I was like, you did this to me, Spotify. <laughs> I never, I don't think I literally once chose this song. Uh huh. But it always recommended it for me based on I think like workout playlists or something. Uh huh. Um, did I even <laughs> screenshot? Oh yeah, <clears throat> Levitating featuring the baby, oh. and the baby. You know, okay. Which is just, like very generic kind of song, but I think it made its way into all of these workout playlists or something. Yeah. Um, because of the other top five songs, three of them, I'm like, yeah, I listen to those a lot. But mm-hmm. two of them, I'm like, I did not. Um, so that surprised me because that was Spotify's decision and not mine. Mm. Um, but my uh, it was Taylor Swift, then Shania Twain, then Lana Del Rey, then Beyonce, then Olivia Rodrigo. Um, oh. Which I didn't, yeah, not I mean, really what I was expecting, but I guess it's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Those are all great options artists so I know. And it told me I was a fan clubber it was like you listen to you you do like one artist at a time and you listen to like their entire discography oh interesting yeah huh. which I do I thought like everyone was like oh I'm listening to this artist at this moment and then you just listen to like literally everything they've ever done yeah but no I don't think that's a thing or at least it's not a thing that everyone like that a lot of people do I think like I think <laughs> it's, it's not like, like a normal thing no it is a normal <laughs> thing for a certain percentage of the population sure <laughs> <laughs> which like could be me depending on the thing you know but yeah, with it artists it depends music is a tough one yeah it depends on the thing and I think they got that a lot from Shania Twain mm. my my number two because when her I listened she was like my bae when I was like a third grader like I mm-hmm. loved and I don't like I loved Shania Twain and then her documentary came out a few months ago or a year ago I don't know what time is and I watched it and I was like I still love you Shania and I yeah. listened to so much Shania Twain my remote job at the time like when I'd lead morning meetings like Shania Twain was involved and Shania just became like a part of my daily routine so I wasn't shocked uh to see her that's great her there yeah but I guess that's all I have to say about my Spotify. Uh, well, good, good. We hope everyone had fruitful, illuminating Spotify wrapped uh, summaries. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So today we're basically just talking about the news because it's been a minute and um, there's a lot going on and like, it's just kind of, I think we were texting before, like, as we were thinking about topics, just that, like, 
I, I mean, we've both kind of been a little bit out of the loop just with like our personal lives taking up so much space. How dare they? Um, and work lives taking up a ton of space. Um, but like, and honestly, and I'm wondering if this is an element of it, like because Twitter has become a shittier like user experience, mm -hmm. I'm on there less and I'm engaging less because I'm seeing less of the people that I always got news from or was like following conversations that they had, that they were starting or com mm -hmm. commenting on. So that is how I kept a pulse on like things that were controversial, things that were coming up in news and culturally and just like weird shit that people would say. And I do feel a little unmoored without um, the Twitter experience that I've been used to. So I'm wondering if that's playing into just a general feeling of distance from everything. I think it definitely could be. Uh, <laughs> Twitter Twitter is doing its own thing right now. And I had, I've only checked in with it a few times since he who shall not be named. Well. <laughs> Elon Musk uh, <laughs> <laughs> took over um, and it just and I noticed like on my main feed today I logged in after it had been a minute and like there were two Elon Musk tweets I don't follow him I've never fucking followed him yeah um, and I was like that's an in that's interesting there's two mm -hmm. you know um, and I like I wasn't on Twitter as much as I wanted. <laughs> it sounds insane. <laughs> right. Um, but I always, whenever I was on Twitter, I enjoyed it. And I scrolled, um, I scrolled for many, many a moon. Mm -hmm. um, and it was going back to it. It, it just felt different, but I, yeah. I didn't have that everyday experience on Twitter um, to make that comparison necessarily, but with, you know, more, more time and distance from it and then coming back to it and just seeing like Elon Musk tweets and it just, I don't know, it felt kind of, it didn't feel like like the Twitter community, you know, it just, it, it just felt different. And there were these like weird ads, I don't know. It, yeah. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't feel right. Not that Twitter is like a sanctuary, like it was already a hellhole. And then <laughs> now they're like, hmm, what about misinformation not being banned? Um. Yeah. Maybe we should ban that, though. <laughs> right. Right. It doesn't seem like uh they are taking the misin like the misinformation. Either they're not taking it seriously that element of things, or they've mm -hmm. fired so many people that the institutional knowledge there um is has been lost. Um. So and there's yeah I, I mean. It's sad. Like, I'm almost more upset from a selfish perspective that Elon Musk has, like, ruined this thing that I really took joy from and got a lot of yeah. information from. Like, Fuck like him. he kind of just, like, took a grenade. He's a rich man who took a grenade and blew up this thing. And, yes, it's still around, but it's obviously a degraded experience. Um and the a lot of the people that I like are off or not tweeting or I'm not seeing their tweets. Elon is promoting his own tweet. When I log on, I see Elon's tweet, mm -hmm. even though, like you say, I don't follow him. So I, he wouldn't have shown up before. Yeah. <sighs> and I'm fine with like an occasional like tweet of someone I don't follow when it's like to better when it's genuinely like the algorithm based on like other people I enjoy, you know, and how they do that. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with like using that data in that way, but I'm not okay with just like Elon Musk town, you know, yeah. I'm not anyone who's, especially when it's like paired with like he, him being like pissed at anybody who like speaks out against him in any way. Yeah. You know, it's not just like, Oh, I'm being hokey and like posting myself up, you know, yeah. it's like, no, this is like in tandem with some kind of conserving, like concerning censorship shit that you've been doing and now you're not like banning misinformation about COVID, which like literally misinformation about COVID kills people. Right. It's not like an exaggeration or hyperbolic like in the slightest to say that. Mm -hmm. Um and it's just <clears throat> what is your goal, Elon? What like what really at the end of the day, when you take off your whatever shoes you wear, <laughs> like what is your fucking goal? Yeah. You will never achieve it because, yeah, I, I just, I think he's a piece of shit. And yeah. <laughs> I know. You had a, you had a, uh, 
robust rant recently that was pretty great about Elon. Um, and I'm even trying to find, this is the, the peril of having, uh, oh, too many tabs open, but I was just looking to see. Um, there has been news recently that's uh, just, I mean, there's, there's so much news that's taken up by him. He's taking up so much air in the room. Um, <sighs> yeah. Like, but there are things like the EU warned that um, there's a pos- Twitter might be banned in mm-hmm. in the EU because of some of their rules. There's like uh, Twitter has potentially grown though in the US because of like, but data is showing that like it's I, I don't really know. Is it people who are kind of like weird trolls trying to like support Elon Musk or what's happening there? And like. You know, just all the ad revenue that's Twi- that Twitter's losing in conjunction with all the like good staff that they're they've lost. I, anyway, it's all a total cluster. And frankly, I'm actually so fucking tired of it being a constant part of the news. Like, I just wish it just wasn't. I wish there were other things we could be focus we could like be focusing on and being forced to like contend with this big baby <laughs> is really wearing on me <laughs> moving right along <laughs> in summation oh my gosh it, there's been a lot on the international stage that's been going on um what world do we want to hover into uh, the cup world uh <laughs> yeah yeah world cup um there's a few things to talk about with this some that have very direct relationships with it and some that have like tangential but also anywho so they banned rainbow armbands um at the world cup in qatar which different teams had intended before you know to to wear in support of different lgbtq rights against discrimination um which is when you consider the shooting um at a gay nightclub in Colorado in the last week or two that killed mm-hmm. five people wounded 18 others um which yeah it's another thing we missed um, right. <laughs> but was devastating and the more you read about it and the more you hear about it um you know the more devastating it becomes um so it's I I feel like Maybe I'm naive, but I, I feel like in the last couple of years, I really feel like I am contending with the fact, you know, I read these things about these awful things happening elsewhere in the world. Um, and now it feels and, has, you know, in the past few years and, and beyond that for different issues, um, it feels like the things that I'm so like upset by that have been happening potentially elsewhere are also happening here in different ways you know like we've hit record numbers of anti-trans legislation um bills that we're trying to pass and i mean you know if we have the world cup here what state are we having it in Mm -hmm. because certain states like we could really um speak out about the the lack of equality or equity in in the um the laws in place in those states um Mm -hmm. and in our country as a whole so there are very um sort of obvious awful things going on in qatar at the world cup tournament you know where they're preventing people from speaking out in favor of LGBTQ rights, but at the same time at home here, like we've also got our own shit. So I think we need to call it out Mm -hmm. everywhere, but it also is just depressing to think about the fact that we look around our own home and see different versions of the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I totally agree with that um it's also interesting that the um on kind of a smaller smaller scale just interesting to me that so many people are comfortable going to Qatar for the World Cup with uh you know just everything 
everything that is kind of going on in that country and mm-hmm. in and and the fact that you can't even drink like and they said there was going to be beer and now there isn't so i i'm just kind of like interested that that like for me i just wouldn't be comfortable but that's very that's a small small scale i suppose um in the grand scheme of things but um qatar the new, the guardian had put out um an article last year that basically it was a report that 6500 migrant workers have died in qatar since the world cup was awarded in 2010 um and the statistic is basically saying that uh basically every someone dies every like 7 days an average mm-hmm. let's see yeah no an average of 12 migrant workers from these from five south asian nations have died each week since the night in december when um december 2010 when the streets of doha were filled with ecstatic crowds celebrating that qatar would get the world cup um the Qatari government, I guess, like recently admitted that there were four between 400 and 500 deaths, which is like still way too many. But if, if yeah, it, on a yeah. world fucking cup on a fucking game, yeah, 500 building, people might have died, right, for this fucking game, which is their admission, which means it's got to be way more like maybe it isn't mm-hmm. 6,500 like the Guardian reports, but if it's more than 500 people mm-hmm. if it's more than one like they say that basically all these um migrant workers like the deaths were often like 80 percent were natural reported as natural deaths like mm. some sort of cardiac arrest or like probably some sort of fatigue it's like not natural at all like but yeah like it could know. be natural in different circumstances yeah um road ac- accidents disease workplace suicide and uh like in one person's case this man from bangladesh um he was uh he, the, there was rain in his worker accommodation and that came into contact with exposed electricity and so when he stepped on the wet floor um he oh, was electrocuted no. and died <laughs> Like that's awful. So yeah, it's just, and and then the whole background of this, like I was listening to the daily and they were talking about how basically the FIFA FIFA is super corrupt and two people were kicked off after basically it was revealed that they were absolutely bought off. Um, They were just bribed to choose guitar Um, and likely a lot more people were too. So it FIFA seems corrupt. Um, It feels like that's something that I've, that seems to be an accepted truth. I've spent very little time actually like researching that, but uh, I do think it's sort of uh, deplorable that we would have the world cup in Qatar when there's like serious human rights abuses and concerns. And uh, like the U S is not blameless in terms of it. Like, I don't think it should necessarily be it here either. 6,000 people building a stadium would die. Right. That feels pretty bad. (laughs) flagged in in some way um and they're they're even only saying yeah that a few of them are confirmed as work-related which is like just statistically like not not super probable um yeah no it's going on with the uh the world cup which is a i mean it's a huge draw for people from everywhere um yeah yeah, it's a huge fucking (laughs) It's a huge event. Um, it's confusing to me because, like, kind of like the Olympics, it's like people come out of the woodwork and they're like, the World Cup. It's like, it's what? It's happening. Uh, yeah. No, my husband has a friend <laughs> from Brazil who um, was really into the World Cup and then, like, invited Charlie, my, hus- my husband, <laughs> to go to a game with him um, at just, like, a bar down in, in the city. And... I was going to get off work at like a time where it was like, maybe going to be possible. Maybe not. We'll see. And literally my husband showing up there on time, he would have been like 20 minutes, 30 minutes too late to even get in the door. Wow. How busy it was at a fucking bar in New Haven, Connecticut. 
Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Just to watch. Just the, to watch. Oh, a World Cup game. Not even like there's not one. It's like a yeah. multi-day thing. Yeah, and his friend was like, yeah, my wife's outside, man. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my like, God. Mm, God. Go outside. Honey. Can you? I, if there was a line for the World Cup and I was expected to attend. Oh, I'd <laughs> and I've left. I told Charlie's like, no, 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 no. I'd go home with you. <laughs> you would. We'd go home alone, son. <laughs> Um, but the, yeah, there's also in Qatar, the Human Rights Watch and other groups have talked about the, the issues with women, um, because uh, women have to obtain permission from their male guardians to marry, to study abroad, to work in certain jobs, travel, receive certain forms of reproductive health care, including birth control. Um, they also don't allow women the ability or the authority to act as their child's primary guardian, even if they're divorced and have legal custody. Um, there's all sorts of, of issues there as well. So, um, yeah, there's a whole, a whole smorgasbord. Mm. It's a mess. It's interesting mm. that, like, you know, the World Cup, I read somewhere, I'm trying to find the statistic, but I can't, <laughs> um, but that basically like half of the world's population watches it. Um, yeah. It's that's so, crazy. It's so popular. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's sort of something yeah. that brings together everyone, kind of like the Olympics. And I wish that we had something other than um, like sports ball to do that because I just don't. I can't be fucked. I, what if we all had like a meeting to just like talk about our feelings, you know? <laughs> uh, if there were more female leaders, I feel like maybe that would be something that would happen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> countries do well with female leadership, but they uh, do. They mm. do. Ugh. So yeah, that's uh, that's Qatar. <laughs> so that's Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> um. The there's interesting protests happening in China, the biggest protest since um, 1989 in Tiananmen Square, mm -hmm. which feels really exciting considering that, uh, you know, I guess I hadn't really fully realized the extent of the lockdowns in China that have been hap that have hap like been mm -hmm. happening. The zero the effect that the zero COVID policy has actually had, um, yeah. like. I had thought of China as being a really sort of spooky, pretty much feeling like a fascist state. They call themselves communists, but it doesn't. Um, Xi Jinping is, is yeah. he's a fascist leader. Um, it feels to me. It feels a little fascisty. Yeah. Um, so this has just been really interesting. And I am wondering because, uh, I a couple had only been made aware of it a couple of days ago because uh, Campbell was talking about th like I, I guess on Twitter people were saying that it was it was um, these protests were spurred by uh, people in China watching the World Cup and seeing the congregation of people without wearing masks and realizing mm -hmm. that oh this is just us and we're being kept in this bubble. And like everyone else is moving on with their lives and, yeah. and feeling upset, but actually, and that, that may have contributed to it because I guess now in China, they are not showing crowd shots. Um, yeah. it's, so, but I'm unclear and maybe you have more information. Cause I, again, like maybe I could have gotten done this research before we like we're on, but we're busy. We try, <laughs> we try, we try our best. Uh, but from the Daily's description, the New York Times Daily, and from other stuff that I'm reading, it was provoked more because of a fact, because of a, not a factory, because of a fire at an apartment complex where people were potentially totally locked into their home and unable to get out. Um, and people died because of a, it was a fire. Um, and I'm forgetting which, which province, but, uh, because of the very strict COVID mm -hmm. like lockdown, it allowed authorities to literally lock people in their homes mm -hmm. to such an extent that they were unable to escape a burning building. Yeah. That's, that's my understanding as like the, the turning point. Um, also from my reading, um, I've ascertained <laughs> <laughs> that 
there's been like the bridge has been crumbling. Um, this no COVID policy in China, people have been getting real, real antsy with it. And not that this wasn't a good reason for them to begin protesting, but it seemed like a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, to give, not to give China credit, but just to sort of, in the past few years since COVID has debuted, um, there's been about 6,000 COVID deaths in China among one and a half billion people. Mm-hmm. When you think about the United States, more than a million deaths in a population of 330 million. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see what their sort of public health, you know, what, what, what they're doing and why they're doing it. And when you think about how, diseases can mutate and things like that they're trying to really really protect themselves as a country Mm -hmm. um but you have you have to balance uh the safety the physical safety of your the people who live um where you rule and rule where you make (laughs) law depending depending. (laughs) yes you must think about the populations where you rule um (laughs) as well as you know the science behind other things uh and it seems like China's zero COVID policy was really, really effective in some ways for a very long time, but now people are over it. And also the latest variants like are kind of subverting certain, you know, they're like, I don't care if you have a mask. I don't care if you're vaccinated. I don't care about any of that. Like I'm Mm -hmm. coming to infect you. Um, Which doesn't mean those things are pointless because both of those things would likely reduce like your viral load and how sick you got if you did get Mm -hmm. COVID. Um, but China's zero COVID policy, while effective in certain ways, doesn't seem to have a long-lasting implication when you just think about how pissed people are that they've been under lockdown for how many years, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So they're <laughs> mad and they're protesting. <laughs> Which is understandable. I mean, I yeah. also – the. The mandates, it's it's an interesting question kind of of what what philosophically and practically what lengths can a government go to to mm-hmm. like quote unquote protect the public because I'm saying yeah. quote unquote because it feels like with them there's a lot more austerity there. Mm-hmm. Um, like even if you – but if you are taking like them at their word that this is a protection – it's a policy of protection and public safety and health what even with the best of intentions like what does what rights does the government truly have to restrict movement of, of human beings yeah yeah it's a tough question because it's also like if you're not if you're not doing enough are you putting at people at a certain risk mm-hmm. um, if you're doing too much are you on the other end of the spectrum like denying them their reasonable ability to move across know country lines state lines go where the fuck they want um Mm -hmm. and it feels like china is representing one extreme of that and i don't i don't even know what we're doing what we are doing what we have been doing anymore um (laughs) yeah but it, it feels pretty reasonable at this point but it does also seem like we are in the midst of the beginning of another covid wave no don't say that i'm sorry (laughs) girl from uh multiple unverified sources uh it's we're back no Um, (laughs) yeah two places that i know were out of outbreak two weeks ago both have like you know dozens of people yeah out of covid so oh my god is this something Mm. like i this is the thing i'm feeling viscerally it's like, a different – it's an Omicron where their spike proteins are different enough that, the, like, all this shit that protects against Omicron helps you get less sick again, which is important and, like, that that does really fucking matter. But, like, mm-hmm. everyone's going to get fucking sick constantly. And if their workplaces don't allow you to take seven to ten days off, like, yeah. that's also fucked. Like, there needs to be, like, a federal mandate where if someone has a verified COVID test, they're allowed the CDC recommended time off paid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I digress. Oh my God. No, just thinking about like coming, you know, 
Christmas mm-hmm. has been fucked the last two years because of stuff. And like maybe not though. Oh my God. If there's ever a moment where I want to just stick my head in the sand, it's like, are you gonna really like last year, um, Julie and Arturo are visiting from Spain and mm-hmm. it was like so exciting and they were gonna meet Campbell and everything and they did, but like at the last minute, because of the fucking variants, it made more mm-hmm. sense and it was safer to have the the meeting in the fucking New England 12 degree weather and figure yeah. out like how to do that outside. And I just don't know if I have another like freezing hangout session <laughs> in me with anyone. <laughs> you well, know, it's scary. And it's like, when, yeah, when that I think too. about COVID, <laughs> well, when I think about COVID, it's like, I have so many different minds about it where it's like, it's this really unique virus that attacks mm-hmm. people in really specific and also non-specific ways that can last anywhere from like a few days to like maybe the rest of their lives. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, or it can just, yeah, it, it can be like casual cold or it can like cause lifelong damage. And then we've got RSV and we've got the flu and all these other things that we've always had, but that are more prevalent now mm-hmm. um, because we've been protecting ourselves from COVID and thus our immune system. It's just this like fucking... Mm no win kind of game we're in right now where all of these respiratory viruses are um kind of gonna be really pervasive <laughs> for the triple demic um and it sucks and the thing about yeah with covid that makes me nervous it's just like how we've seen it we know it's weird we know it's not like a cold we know it's not like the flu we know it does its own kind of thing and mm-hmm. so we get more accustomed to it, which I think in some ways we should. But at the same time, it's like it is a weird kind of virus of its own ilk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. I just want to live my life. And then I get worried that it's just going to like become this super spooky bug. Um, I hate it. I, I yeah. hate it for I hate it for what it is. I hate it for like mm-hmm. it's just like there's um concentric circles of mm-hmm. hatred and stress that emanate from the actual thing. Yeah. <laughs> can we be done? Like yeah. can we all move on now? Because there's so many other things to this world than COVID. And yeah. like um yeah, and like we live with the flu, we get an annual vaccine, we live with colds, we just, you know, live our lives. And it could be that way with COVID, but I think part of why it hasn't become that way is because there is still this kind of other factor with Mm -hmm. COVID where we haven't really figured out exactly what it's doing. Like we know what the flu does. We know how it like interacts with the respiratory systems, but we know that about COVID to certain extents, but it's also like its own beast. Yeah. um, Which makes it harder to, to live with because you can't really predict it in the same ways because we don't have that like historical data to lean on. Um, but I hate it and it's awful and I hope we don't all become like weird COVID zombies and you know. Right. Like, I'm so over it. I'm so <sighs> fucking over it. It's gonna yeah. be enough. Truly enough. Like really, <laughs> we're done. Come on. I mean, everyone's done. It's just, yeah. Uh so that's um there's there I, I mean I think back sometimes to like the first time we ever talked about COVID, you know, Oh my God. like I'd have to look back and see when that uh, actually was. And it would be interesting to hear what our like selves yeah, or the hot takes. Yeah. What were, what was back that? When we were baking bread and learning Spanish again. Or even before <laughs> that, I mean, I think about, I think it's kind of burned into my brain, um, because it was one of the last like real hangout, like real trips that we took pre-COVID when things were like normal. But uh, I'm thinking about like when it was my 30th birthday and we went to Bainbridge and that was like February 2nd, 2020. (laughs) So yeah, it's just kind of a weird, we had no idea what that year was about to be. No. And the rest of our lives. Yeah. 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 It's been a very defining I'm curious how it's going to be written about like in the next generation's textbooks and things like that or what, when and how it ends, if it does. And yeah, we're just living history right now, folks. All right. All right. I think we're tired of all that. Like, I mean, when, 
someone on Twitter was basically like, I'm real I really want to get back to living in precedented times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could we circle back to that? Thank yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'll be interested to see what happens with these protests. Um, I feel really positively that it's happening, although I'm also fearful for the people, the protesters. It seems like they're getting jailed and mm-hmm. brutalized. And I don't know that I've seen that there are technically deaths yet, but it just feels like it's heading towards a big showdown. Um, and yeah. I hope that um, I hope that the people revolt. Xi Jinping is a dictator um, and I hope he goes down. <laughs> I agree. Oh, good debate. Good debate. <laughs> Wonderful debate. You want to talk about the railways strike? Yeah. Let's talk about that. We know JoJo loves the rails. Yeah. <laughs> it, but he's uh, – I'm just trying to find my section of tabs on this um, before I just start, like, spewing and bullshit. Um, it seems like – they're basically trying to force some sort of agreement, like basically to avoid the rail strike fully before the holidays, which would be, well, I, it's like, I know that it would be catastrophic, but I have like sort of skeptical, I I feel very skeptical considering that we have rail systems that feel kind of fucking broken and ineffectual and who actually is traveling by train. I Uh, I want everyone to be traveling by train, but like... I live in Connecticut, Maria. I live and die by the fucking train. (laughs) You do? (laughs) No, I don't. But if I ever want to go like anywhere fun... Right, like New York. And I will say coming back from New York Mm -hmm. last time, I felt like I might die. Like there were there were some moments on that, and I was was it Amtrak googling. or it was Amtrak, and I was googling it, and I was like, "Do I need to call like Pete Buttigieg? Like, what do I need to do here?" Because it right. feels, um, and apparently, yeah, part of the infrastructure of this country, uh, we're not we're not doing right by the uh, actual mechanics of the, um, you know, the trailways by which our our trains should be should be traveling no we are not i mean and actually you bring up that's that's a great point because the trains are absolutely essential in like the like new york new like the tri-state corridor they're Mm -hmm. essential and they're like the lirr and the metro north serve so many people and like we'll discount the subways but i'm thinking like bigger transit lines that go longer places Mm -hmm. um and yes i use them all the time on the east coast and uh but I and I super bummed out that we just can't invest and it it's a conservative versus like liberal yeah well Mm. right we can't and like the technology I mean everyone's basically ahead of us we we're so stuck in the past come on Pete (laughs) come on oh there should really be a there should be a high-speed railway that gets you from basically from LA like there should be an east west coast like yeah. pipeline where it's getting you yeah like everywhere else is doing it yes um because if they strike it's going to shut down literally like a third of our our freight of our trains oh that's gonna be a mess yeah that would be a mess like it, like in certain places a lot more than others um but not not a good situation to find yourself in i mean it's like what they're asking for as far as I've read, seems reasonable. It's like an adding... They want sick leave. Right. It's like, like a more reasonable amount sick of sick leave. Like, they right. literally want to be paid for some sick time when they... And they're like, oh, you want one personal day? And they're like, no, like, give me a fucking week. Like, it, they're not even asking for for much. Like, these, these workers are expected to be on, um, like, 14 days in a row sometimes, 18 days in a row. Yeah. Um, more than... Yeah, which is... For you, uh non-mathematicians out there that's more than two weeks in a row just like literally working every day or being on call and or work every day um and they're just asking for sick time yeah because historically it's like oh they could have a doctor's appointment if they have like a few months notice yeah you know and like things happen in this life so yeah the the demands quote-unquote are very very reasonable the thing that sort of feels like sneaky political of all of this is and this is republicans asking this question and Mm -hmm. but it's like well i have the same question so um 
is like why uh basically they're gonna try to force congress to impose an agreement on the employees and the basically like on both sides of this um and i you know i know that for biden and nancy like the economy they like live and die by all the economic Mm. numbers but really like especially for scranton joe you know like scranton joe just it's sort of like this is sort of a moment where you could sort of show your bona fides here. I mean, mm-hmm. you t- you always talk about taking the train, taking Amtrak all the time from Delaware. He loves the train. He loves the train. So he I lives don't, for the train. I don't really understand why he isn't more in front of this. It seems like absolutely built for him and his like old world. Like this is an old school conflict. This is a union yeah. con- negotiation about wages and more flexible work and paid leave like this is a like um i'm forgetting like of a phrase i want to use but like a not like this is a very middle of the road moderate democrat like thing to be able to take on and take mm-hmm. the lead on so i am a little confused as or i feel cynically sort of frustrated that they're sort of rushing something some conclusion because Christmas is coming and the economy, blah, 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 instead of just like honoring that there are legitimate issues that laborers are, you know, that the union is asking for. Yeah. And it feels like a lot of these conversations come down to these debates that are not really about what is at the heart of the conversations. You know, Mm -hmm. we're talking about like a person's ability to make ends meet for work that they're doing you know and yeah. the fact that human beings should be able to have a doctor's appointment in their work day without three months notice yep um and if you're working somewhere where they say you have to be off for however many days with covid that they allow you to take those days um like all pretty reasonable stuff i think yeah. You know, but not stuff. Oh, you paused. Or you're. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> so you said not reasonable stuff or all reasonable stuff, I think, but. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> reasonable stuff, uh, you know. And Biden, like, to be to be honest, there's stuff about this I haven't that I have tabs open that I haven't even read about yet. Um, mm-hmm. have to do with Biden's response and reaction to all of it because I always pegged him as quite quite a trainsman. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, um, and I know that he's had some sort of involvement and in, and in thoughts on the matter, um, but it sounded like everybody was mad at him for how he handled it. So it sounds like the way that he handled it didn't actually. Yeah. Yeah. I. It seems like, and it seems like he has history, which again, like, as I'm sort of, like you said, I have tabs open that I haven't read. And then just the things mm-hmm. that I have read as I'm looking, um, Biden was, because he was in Congress, uh, he was one of six senators to oppose legislation that ended a 1992 rail strike and argued Mm. against interference in labor disputes. And some union members have said they felt betrayed by his decision. Mm. Um, His decision now, because he backed the natural negotiating process in 1992. Again, 1992. That was a fucking long time ago. (laughs) That was 30 years ago. I kind of, what I don't love, and now I will, and I will cap this in like two sentences, but like it does go back to a certain element of like this man has been around and in it for so long, and it is mm-hmm. not necessarily additive. When he's been in Congress for the last 30 years, <laughs> like it's a long time. Like, I, I wish him wonderful times with his family, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, I hope that he has a beautiful rest of his life, but, like, stop being president now. 
Yeah. And don't, <laughs> like, not literally right now, but at the end of your term. And, like, don't really? go and sh- be vice president again. Don't be, like, sniffing around secretary of state. Just, like, go home. Yes. You did it. I get that you had something in you telling you you had to do this. You did it. Oh um, you led us to believe it would be one one time only. Mm-hmm. Um, and now here you are again. Um, just enjoy your family, you know? Yeah. Get some more dogs. Um, anything on that before Balenciaga? Uh, yeah, no, let's hop into the Balenciaga, which I honestly hadn't heard about, which just totally means that I haven't been, like, like abreast of what's we going on on Twitter. We have different news feeds. <laughs> I think Twitter would have told me about this naturally had it been working the way I intended yeah. to work. <laughs> Musk hadn't gotten in the way. So please, like, um, tell me. I've, I've Googled it now since you texted about it, but, like, enlighten me like what the fuck Balenciaga um (laughs) fashion couture I don't know if they're technically couture or not but like very expensive oh shots fired (laughs) I I don't I just don't (laughs) I just don't know the definition of couture I have no idea (laughs) um I will say this gal in in orientation with me today was talking about her 13 year old daughter wants a pair of Balenciaga sneakers they're $900 what that would be a hard no hard and permanent no Santa is not bringing you those yeah so Balenciaga like they cater to like the uber like like the wealthy among us Um, but they had an ad come out with Child, like small children um, holding little like teddy bears in bondage outfits oh with like bondage gear everywhere um, and it, I mean my opinion uh, bad yeah <laughs> um, awful choices they apologized and they like re-released it and they took away like the bondage gear on the floor but they kept the children holding teddy bears in bondage outfits. What? Yeah. So they kept they kept that detail from the last that I saw. And either way, like just to begin with, like you don't want to put a five year old in like a BDSM kind of landscape. Yeah. Um, so people are upset about that. Uh, they're like the Kardashians work with them. I, some some statements have been released um, about reconsidering relationships with Balenciaga, so we'll see. But they're like a big – I sound so old right now. They're a big, big name in fashion right now. Yeah. Uh, Balenciaga. And it's a really bonkers, bonkers ad. I wasn't able to look at all the things I wanted to with this, but the more things I looked at, the more I was like, this is not just like a headline you know what I mean? How sometimes they're like, oh, this was crazy. And you click it and you're like, this wasn't right. crazy clickbait. But it seemed like an actual, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and I looked at certain, like, images from the, what, that were released from Balenciaga. And I was like, these are, you look at them and you're unsettled. It's like, you know, like the definition of pornography. Like, you know, you when you see you know, it, you know it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. But like, with like ex- exploiting children you know where i was like all right this is so weird the more i'm reading about it the more fucking weird it gets um and kim kardashian said as a mother of four i've been shaken Mm -hmm. by the the disturbing images whoa yeah and she's a big balenciaga rep but she didn't say she was ending it oh my god she'll release a statement later i'm sure that's like you know after thoughtful consideration, I will continue my time with the brand after some fruitful discussions. Right. In the meantime, Balenciaga had just cut ties with Kanye West after he wore the mm. White Lives Matter shirt and made a bunch of anti-Semitic remarks. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So this guy, Nicolas Desjardins, had collaborated with Balenciaga before, and he also worked on Beyonce's Renaissance album cover. <laughs> In the legal documents, basically, they allege that North Six and Nicolas Desjardins took part in the inexplicable acts and omissions that were malevolent or, at the very least, extraordinarily reckless. They said this; those papers, Supreme Court papers, were placed in the campaign photographs without their knowledge. So there are two different shoots. 
this is crazy. I'm trying to work my brain around it, right? Like you mm-hmm. say, it is not just an easy like, oh, I can skim something quickly and understand. It's all it's no. a whole thing. Thank you, people, entertain people for breaking it down <laughs> for my brain. So two shoots, one which has teddy bears in the BDSM and children holding teddy bears with BD in BDSM attire. Another, which is in a quote unquote like office-esque scene, but it has papers that was papers of the Supreme Court case about child pornography, um, saying that child pornography is not protected free speech. Um, the two together really have a gross affiliation. Like it's not just one, it's both. And the papers mm-hmm. make it very intent, have it this intentionality there. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a whoopsie. And for these like artists at this high level, you know, for t- taking photographs for Balenciaga, and the, the guy who released the statement, Gabriel something, seems like he was like, I only did this and I'm not entitled. Suddenly, suddenly, though, this feels like a photographer backtracking on what his responsibility is as a mm-hmm. photographer. Like, I was not um, – I didn't direct anything. It was just me and the lighting. That is it. I'm only taking photos. Click, click. And it's and – and then – but most photographers will tell you, like, there's so much more that goes into – and that they have responsibility over more, yeah. over the image in so many ways. Like, why were you okay with the BDSM teddy bear situation? And then how did this get through the 9,000 layers of Balenciaga marketing? Yeah. No one along the way felt like, <laughs> you know what? Maybe we don't do this. And legal and PR? Like, I, what? Yeah, both of those teams were like, no, we're going to do it. Oh, my God. I'm I'm stunned, actually. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. Balenciaga. Wow. Okay. You know, a thinning of the high fashion is fine with me. It's certainly not um a arena where I'm gonna be like, oh no, Balenciaga went down. Like I don't know. I I hope they do. I'm worried yeah. that it's just like the people who care don't buy Balenciaga anyway or enough of it then celebrities will like decide they've forgiven you know and yeah. then just move on with it and then it's like Balenciaga's because they're so big right now I guess I don't oh god I don't have any Balenciaga items I but, don't either but yeah hmm. 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 okay well that's a total shit show what else is on our docket um, the Indiana Attorney General, oh, yeah. yeah, is wanting to punish the doctor who gave the abortion to the 10-year-old rape victim, um, saying that she violated the law um, by telling the reporter she would be treating the child in Indiana. So he's just basically trying to punish her. Make an example of her. Yeah, exactly. Um but it's like, this is a doctor who gave an abortion to a 10-year-old rape victim. Mm. Like, it's it's spooky to me that, like, people are trying to defend this rather than sweep it under the rug, you know? Right. Like, if I were a sleazy strategist, I would be like, we don't want this story out. But yeah. they're like, you know what we're going to do? Amplify <laughs> this voice by punishing the person who performed the procedure, you know? <sighs> disgusting really like really really mm-hmm. i hope it just leads like i sometimes with when things are this insane like in indiana indiana is yeah it's a red state but it's, it's not... a weird fucking place yeah <laughs> so do you have something else on the indiana on in indiana like uh moscow indiana perhaps oh god um no moscow idaho oh um Ugh. indiana Closer. Yeah, Indiana, I just think about when I drove through the country to move and just looking around being like, my God, Idaho. Yeah, this was a very chilling, awful, like, quadruple homicide. Oh, at the college. Yeah, at an apartment or a condo by people who went to the college. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, tell me about this because, yes, I actually had heard of it. It freaked me the fuck out. It and then I me. ran in the other direction. It was a yeah. crime of passion. We don't – yeah, I don't – I put that in I'm quotes not, for listeners. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not like a true crime person. I don't like like I couldn't watch the new like the Dahmer show. Um, mm-hmm. I like I'm interested in certain things to certain degrees, but like I'm not a true crime person. I don't like like I'm not. Agreed. That's not my not my vibe. Not my yeah. Vibe. Same. Um, but this thing, a story came up on my 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 news feed um, about this like quadruple homicide in Moscow, Idaho, of these like early 20-somethings three three of them were young women who were roommates and the other was like a boyfriend of one of them and the four of them were stabbed to death in the middle of the night um and they still haven't it's been weeks they haven't figured out who did it um there were two other roommates who were home passed out on another floor who just like woke up and like you know um just some weird like chilling details just awful shit and there's just this like person roaming around town who like murdered four like 20 year olds with like a knife Uh, in the middle of the night and they're like the police have said stuff like oh we think that it was targeted or oh we don't know if there is a risk to the public or not yet you know uh, um there's not like a lot of that info out there either um but it's also just like really a terrifying thought that like these four people were just like stabbed to death in the middle of the night. Yeah. It yeah. Make, you know, I'm an anxious, I, ugh, it makes me nervous. Um, be, I mean, which it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the way that like, you know, you hear these awful things that have happened and you can't help but like, take some anxiety from that um yeah but yeah, i mean more than anything it's so fucking sad um yes. and awful and just devastating and i just i can't like i can't stop thinking about it i don't really like get into the maybe this is why i don't like get into true crime stuff because it's just like yeah it's so sad they're really like they're real people and you want to know like that they find who did it and you know yeah um and I feel like we grew up in a time where they were just starting to really publicize things like this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, we kind of grew up with this like weird macabre, like backdrop, mm-hmm. this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. It's very, yeah, it was, I found myself just like on like the subreddit of people talking about it and I don't comment anything, but I'm just like reading it and I'm like, why am I just yeah so um so tuned in but yeah wow it's so that's so it is it's macabre it's definitely unsettling um and yeah I'm glad you brought it up because I had read about it and then was like that's scary I'm gonna think about something else now (laughs) yeah you don't want to like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah oh man um yeah, I mean, I think that, honestly, like, we had a couple of other things, but I almost feel like they would be better served, like, in our next, to tackle yeah. in the next pod, like, the rise of anti-Semitism and all the shit going on with Trump. Yeah, there's so um, many fucking things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe that, maybe should we move to our good thing? Do it, girl. Okay. We had a couple of good things, but of course they're good things wrapped in bad things, which is like the reality of the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this is probably a good time to almost wrap because Campbell's home and Moose is very excited for Aww. all the things. Um, so the Senate passed or the in a bipartisan move, which is rare, the Senate passed um like a defense marriage equality um or same sex marriage bill, which is uh great um 36 republican senators voted no so that's not not great um but you know what i'll take progress i'll take some solidifying of people's rights um you know especially since democrats are about to um lose i mean we have lost the house in 2023 um so nothing really will be able to get done so hey i'll we'll take this (laughs) um and then also that the Oath Keeper was found guilty. Uh, I'm forgetting his. Let me find his name. What's this guy's name? Pennsylvania, right? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. Stuart Rhodes, um, member of the Oath Keeper, found guilty of sedition. Um, so for his his role in the January sixth um, riots. Um, so that's good. It's nice to see some people occasionally actually on the hook for their uh, seditious, um, treacherous, dangerous unlawful behavior um so accountability we love to see it and he might have to be in jail for like i think the maximum is like 30 years or 40 years it's a lot um if he actually love gets to see it yeah so um yeah so that's kind of uh it's not all the news but hey it's a it's a news dump kind of it's week. a chunk it's a chunk and a chunk <laughs> it's a chunk and a chunk that wraps it for us Feminist Without Mystique is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcast.